<laughs> One, two, three, four, five. We always go back to whether it's the 140 character tweet, we have a few seconds to make an impression. Yeah, the most important thing about this brand story, which is embodied in the corporate snapshot, is that everybody in your business needs to be able to say the same thing. We all know how this is. Everybody's a salesperson and nobody's a salesperson, right? Nobody wants to admit they're a salesperson, but everybody within your organization has the opportunity to serve your clients. This really gives you a tool to give to everyone on who you are, what you do, why you do it better. If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metal Working Nation. This is Making Chips, where we talk all things metalworking, engineering and design, production and tooling combined with business best practices, technology, marketing, news, and new media for manufacturing professionals. Here are your hosts, business owners, metalworking experts, and guys who get dirty on the factory floor, Jim Carr and Jason Zanger. Now, let's make some chips. Hello, everybody, and welcome. I'm here in the studio with my good friend and co-host, Jason Zanger. Welcome, Jason. How you doing, Jim? We've got our marketing specialist and professional connector, Julie Poulos. Hello. And Ray Zaganto from Bylink. We're following up on a very important podcast that we think our listeners will take advantage of. This is a first for Making Chips again. This is our first Making Chips roundtable. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to be talking about taking your corporate snapshot. What is all that all about? You know, this marketing stuff, it's, it's all smoke and mirrors. You know, as a manufacturer growing up in the industry, I had no idea what all this stuff was. So today, what we want to do is we want to tell our listeners a little bit about what is the corporate snapshot? What four things do they really need to define in their company and what's really important and, and what they want to get out there? And we've got Julie here and we've got Ray here and we, we want them to talk and elaborate a little bit about the importance of it and what it means. Before we get into that, I want to talk a little bit about metalworking tools. Jim actually wanted to follow up on a previous conversation that we had about thread mills. So you actually tried a thread mill for the first time, didn't you? Well, no, it was not the first time. Oh, we, okay. We, I thought you had never tried thread mills in the shop before, but we weren't utilizing them to the full capacity of what we thought we could use them for. So yes, Jason reps Vargas thread mills, and we got the guy in from Vargas today. Renny came in we who had, uh, we had, we yeah, had I a think, two hour thread mill seminar in our shop. Yeah, I mean I think he's, you know, one of the foremost experts in threading and I've sent him out to your company in order to work with you guys on this application. What he does, he knows his stuff. He's all thread mills. That's all he does. He is an expert in thread milling. And we were having an issue with a one inch eight thread. You don't want to tap something with a tap that's so big. The horsepower of the machine isn't there for you to do it. So he came out, showed us a thread milling application that would work great. And it was successful. And we're, we're going to utilize the tool in all future size capacities for that. All right. So I'm just curious what you guys talked about thread milling for two hours. There was a lot to talk about. The pitch diameter and the drill tap size and uh, the different alloys of the material that we're using, surface feeds and feed rates, and, and again, programming. Did you know that a thread mill 
feeds from the bottom of the hole up to the top. Yes, I did. I did not know that until today. But he brought valuable content to our shop. And I think the employees that were there receiving that information felt like they learned something. Great. Good to share. So anyway, taking your corporate snapshot, welcoming two uh, of our return guests, Julie Poulos from Red Caffeine and Ray Zaganto from Bilink in uh, Bloomingdale. Welcome again. Pleasure to have you back with us. And Julie, why don't you start out the conversation by telling our listeners a little bit about, because they know you already, you don't, you don't have to, we don't have to reintroduce you. Am I a familiar voice? They feel like... They already know you well. Look, well, Julie, they've said- already had their first date with you. All we have to do is you have to tell them what is a corporate snapshot. Well, you said you invented the corporate snapshot, right? Jimmy, is that kind of like Al Gore true? invented the internet thing? <laughs> it's yeah. more like Romy and Michelle, and they invented post-its. It's kind of like that. <laughs> so, so, all right, what, so what yeah, tell corporate? us about the corporate is, snapshot. Is it a piece of paper or is it a picture that you take right. with your camera or what? So, in all sincerity, first I think we have to talk about why Ray and I are here together as a, a, a group cast. Please do and a round table. A round table. I kind of like the groupie better, but okay, we'll go with Roundtable. So Ray and I, we work together. Red Caffeine is his marketing team, and we collaborate on a lot of wonderful things to be able to rebrand Bilink and then really get them known. So one of the things that prompted this call today is that you had seen Ray's corporate snapshot, and you were wondering you know, what this was and why it works. And the thing that I am so excited about is that I feel, and Red Caffeine has kind of develop this for all of our clients now is that it's the number one tool in your toolbox. So if there's one thing that you're going to do after you've developed your brand strategy and really articulated your brand story is you need a home for that brand story. So and, the number one tool is not a Threadmill? Well, Threadmills really sound appealing as well. And if you have a need, I would totally, I'm all in for the Threadmill. But if you want to get more business for your Threadmill, then I would develop a corporate snapshot. Good. So the reason this kind of came about was actually personal story. We were at a trade show in crafted approached us and they said you know send me and i can't remember the word that they used but it was kind of like a cv for your business or resume for your business and i'm like oh i don't know can i swear on this podcast but whatever Uh, well (laughs) we have to change the rating if you do so okay so oh xyz pdq i don't have one and so then we really came up with this who you are what you do who you do it for and why you do it better and Let's face it, you know, we tweet 140 characters. We take three seconds on a website. We don't have a lot of time. So what you're saying is that people have very short attention spans. Absolutely. And if, if they want to understand who you are as a company, you need to make it quick. And it, it shouldn't be a five-page So what is the concept? What is the objective behind this? Let's say you just met Jason at an event and you think that you have an opportunity to do business, but you don't really know. And all you want to do is say, hey, it was great to meet you. Let me send you a little bit more about my company. This is just quick, down and dirty. It's piecemeal. It's just like giving them the bait. It's the appetizer, Jim. Okay. It's the appetizer. Love it. Love it. Because, you know, I think it was, is it, oh, it's um, Ray, I'll let you talk for a second. It was Chris Kent that said he doesn't want to give out like his whole presentation. Chris Kent is the VP of marketing for Bilink. He said, I don't want to give my full presentation. That's something that's deserved to do one-on-one. Chris has a, an excellent feel for what works uh, with our customers. And it really comes down to you want to get to a meeting. You want to get across the table and have a further conversation. Because let's face it, 
handing out a brochure is the quickest way to get sent away from a buyer's office. You know, hey, do you have a brochure? Sure, here you go. You know, sales no, guy goes you, back to the office. Do you have a line card? Yeah, exactly. Oh. A line card. Exactly. So this is an incredibly economical way to get your core message across in one shot and give them, as Julie says, the appetizers. And if there's something there that's of interest, we'll come in and zero in on what it is that matters to you. Okay, so right now I'm looking at Bylink's corporate snapshot. And one of the things that I noticed right off the bat is that it's kind of in an outline form, but that you can also at the same time get into more detail on each one of those points. So if I've got a bullet point, I can just scan it and say, okay, open innovation, prototyping, injection molding. Okay, injection molding. I want to know more about that. And then I read a little bit more below that. So I feel like that's a very important part of the corporate snapshot is that you want it to be brief so that you could scan it in a matter of 10 seconds. Exactly. I mean, everybody's busy. It's short attention span theater. How can you make the biggest impact you can as, as quickly as possible, you know, with your, with your clients? And, and in our business, we're a contract manufacturing business. We provide a manufacturing service with a lot of depth and breadth to it. How do you get all of that out there, you know, in five or 10 seconds? This is the, the two-dimensional paper equivalent of your elevator pitch. Oh, so that's the next level elevator pitch. So we all know what our elevator pitch is. We all practice it. That's the second step after the elevator pitch. Julie, like did you say, want to elaborate no, on that? Julie Absolutely. said it's number one. It's the home. It is the home for your elevator pitch. Really? It is because But Jim, you're not going to carry that around in your pocket. So let's set this up the scenario. We're at a networking event. I meet Jason for the first time. Jim, what do you do? Well, I am a contract CNC machine shop. I own a contract CNC machine shop. We do low volume, close tolerance, multi-axis machining. Blah, 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 blah. That's my elevator pitch. That's a lot shorter than that. And how do I convey that message? So I'm going to throw this back to you because we just did this together, Jim Carr. We did. We went through the brand story exercise with Jimmy, who's sitting right behind us. Okay. By the way, it was a pleasure to do it with you because Jimmy and I completely felt like we knew you and your brand. And I think you came together, Jimmy would say, like quicker than any of our other clients. But the fact remains is that's an exercise that you have to go through to be able to develop your brand story. So you were talking about an elevator pitch. Okay. The brand story is expanded. And the way we talk about it, Jimmy and I says, is like when you're talking to somebody, you start unleashing different information based on the level of engagement that you're getting back. So it's layers. The brand story is layers. The first is, this is what I do. If you're engaged, then I'll tell you who I do it for. If you're engaged and I'll tell you, I'll tell you further. So it's what I do. Oh, so it's like stepping up a ladder. Yeah. So if that person's engaged, you go to the next level. Exactly. Oh, okay. And so this Good. becomes the home for that hard work that we did together, which wasn't that hard for you, but but that's what we did together. This becomes a nice home for it. This is the essence of your brand, who you are, what you do, who you do it for, and why you do it better, which really that means is what's your differentiator than the competition that you have. And if you remember in episode 19, we talked about differentiators. So the number one point is what we do. Is that correct? What we do. Right. That's number and one. That's essentially your elevator pitch. Okay. So what we do for BuyLink is going to be open innovation, prototyping, injection molding, metal stamping, and assembly services. Now, that really tells me right up front who BuyLink is. So if I needed to do prototyping, I'm going to think of BuyLink. If I want to do injection molding, I'm going to think of BuyLink. Now, I'm just totally thinking off the cuff. As far as what we do, my company, I'm thinking industrial supplies, 
metalworking specialists. So I have people out on the street helping customers like Jim to apply thread mills. And then we also do tool crib management. So would that be my, what we do? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. So okay. I have to take that back. I'm sorry. I wasn't looking at the who we are is your elevator pitch. The what we do is really the products or services that you offer. Right. And it should be clean and simple. And you should be able to say it like boom, 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 boom. It's yeah. just really bold. So points. what is, Jim, what's your what we do? What we do is we do low volume, close tolerance, multi-axis machining in CNC machining centers. And then I can break that down. And I say low volume is anything in a quantity from one to 1,000. Our sweet spot is anything from six to 66. Close tolerance is we work to tolerance is a plus or minus a half a thousand. The strand of your hair is 0 0.004. We can divide that up eight times, and that's the type of tolerances that we can hold in our shop. And we also do multi-axis machining, which is take your piece, take your metal, put it in the vise, put it in the fixture on this fourth axis tombstone, pick it up once, indicate it in, and articulate the work on any angle you want and get it done. Okay, so you've taken those couple points and you've kind of elaborated on them a little bit, which in Bilink's corporate brochure, they've done that same thing. So under open innovation, they say, we provide critical feedback at the early pre-prototype stage, including a few 3D printed parts and hours and molded parts in days, not weeks. So that kind of goes back to a previous episode that we had with Bylink where we talked about the hardware store where they want to be involved in that early stage of innovating a particular product. So to me, that really encompasses what they do as a company. Jason, you just hit on something there too, is if you're talking to somebody, you want to be able to say, the four or five things that you do, right? And then in that next step, if they're interested, then you say that next layer, which Jim said, everything that Jim said, you cannot put entirely into a corporate snapshot. No, but that's my but layer one exactly. elevator pitch. And then boom, if they're interested, like you said, then I move on. Let me break this down a little bit. So from my perspective, Jim's company, I have my three things, which are industrial supplies, metalworking specialists, and tool crib management. Well, Jim might say, I'm not as concerned with industrial supplies and tool crib management, but I want to talk about what you guys do as far as metalworking specialists and how you can help me with this one-inch right, eight absolutely. threading job. So right. I would say that we have trained specialists out in the street to help you to make parts faster or to make parts less expensively. And so that would be kind of my sub points in my corporate brochure. I yeah. think that's your level two elevator pitch. Right. I don't want to miss out on an opportunity to talk about who we serve. So traditionally, well, Jimmy and I used to talk about just the industries. That was really the industries that we represented. But for Biolink, this was the first time that we separated it into who we serve were the buyer types. Remember we talked about that in episode okay. 19? Buyer persona. And then we also talked about the industry. So in the BuyLink corporate snapshot, we have engineers and corporate and procurement. And then we also have the industries that they serve. And then under each of those, we talk about those value propositions that are important to each one of those buyer types. So who we are is just your overall what you talk about and describe your company. That's your elevator pitch. Okay. The what we do are the services or products that you provide. Okay. Then who we serve is who we do it for. Typically that's industries, but I think because we're really Medical, trying to- aviation. Okay, so we've done number one, which is what we do. And then we've done number two, which is who we, we are, are, which yeah. is the elevator pitch. Now let's move on to who, we, who serve. we serve. Is that the kind of the buyer persona? So typically we, we were kind of covering industries. And then we started realizing when we were developing those buyer personas, that that's really where we're speaking to what's important to an engineer, 
versus somebody who's in procurement or whomever your buyer type might be. And that's when you're able to identify what is key to them. As Jim Carr always says, is addressing what their pain points are. Mm -hmm. So let's just break this down once again, based on BuyLink. They're who we serve is engineers is one, and then corporate and procurement is another. And I would say that our who we serve is very similar. So our who we serve would be machinists and maintenance professionals. And then number two would be corporate and procurement. I would say, Jim, you're very similar. Yours would be engineers and corporate and procurement, right? Absolutely. Okay. Spot on. And then after that, you have to define as far as who we serve, what industries that you're within, because obviously you don't want to talk to every engineer. Right. No, just the smart ones. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. No, but I mean, you could have an engineer that's within an industry. I mean, this is important to really be specific about. I mean, it's like, what engineer do I want to talk to? Do I want to talk to an engineer that's in... Not an engineer that makes cookies. I want to talk to an engineer that makes really sophisticated machine parts that's part of a big automated piece of equipment that I can engage with him on a technical level that I can provide a valuable resource to him. Because remember, he needs me as much as I need him. We're playing in the sandbox together. He's asking me information about how I can machine this part because he doesn't know. And I'm giving him valuable information on how he needs to design that part. Ray, I'm sure you couldn't understand what I'm talking about, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. No, there's there's no question that's who you need to be able to to engage with. Everybody knows who their best customers are. Right. Everybody listening to the podcast knows where they have the best relationships, where is the communication the best. From Julie's perspective and what the Red Caffeine team does is help you sit down and, okay, let's map that out. Let's define it. Let's write it down. Exactly. What do they look like? Where do they hang out? How might we be able to find more of them? There's a big difference between writing these things down and just having it be a thought in your head. Exactly. Oh my God. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So this number three point of who we serve, is it always a title in an industry? Are those the two main components of who we serve? I think it really goes back to understanding who your audience is. One of the things that I think you can't forget about is this also becomes a qualifier. So if you only want to talk to a certain type of engineer, then let's be specific. Right. Because we don't want to be... But that's a title, right? The the particular type of engineer. Right, absolutely. So is it always a title in an industry? Jason, let's just think about... Industrial engineer, mechanical engineer. These are your buyer personas right here. Let's just be specific. These are the people that we want to talk to. These are the people that we want to invite to the party. Okay, the number four point for a corporate snapshot, to use Julie's term that she invented. (laughs) Just like like (laughs) post-its. And the internet. (laughs) Oh, did you invent the internet? No, that was Al Gore. (laughs) Or Al Gore. (laughs) (laughs) so number four point is why we do it better so we always joke at the office because it is really why we do it better. those are your differentiators which sometimes are so hard for companies Uh, when you're competing against other companies so you have to you really have to have something that you can be able to articulate and that goes back to what we were talking about in strategy branding strategy is where are you going to hang your hat and how are you going to position yourself? And that's why you look at your competition and see how they're positioning yourself and try to find a way to be able to articulate what you do better. We all are faced with this. No matter what industry you're in, what business you're in, we all have competition. We all know that we end up working with people that we know, like, and trust. But when you're really trying to make that first impression, we have to make it easy for people to digest. Yeah. Yeah, So within that number four point of why we do it better, you have that same format, which is bullet points and then a little bit more detail. So for BuyLink, one of their why we do it better is 
pre-prototyping. So if pre-prototyping doesn't mean anything to you, you don't have to move on and listen to the detail below that. And then they also have global footprint is another why we do it better. So if you're working at a company where having a global footprint is important, then you're going to read more within that corporate snapshot of what BuyLink does from a global footprint. But if you're only concerned with what's going on in the United States, then that doesn't matter. And that's why I like how this corporate snapshot is laid out in an outline format where you can get yep. down to the detail after it's that if boom, it needs boom, something. Boom, boom, yeah. boom, boom, I can look at this thing yep. and know within 20 yeah. seconds yep. exactly. what's important to me that I need to think about. But how do you repurpose that? See, that's the whole thing. That's so much different than an elevator pitch. This is a tangible piece of material now. Now it's a tangible piece. When is the appropriate time to pass that out? to engage with that corporate snapshot. The point is, we always go back to whether it's the 140 character tweet, we have a few seconds to make an impression. Absolutely. The most important thing about this brand story, which is embodied in the corporate snapshot, is that everybody in your business needs to be able to say the same thing. And the first thing that you do is once we go through that brand story exercise and then we find the home in the corporate snapshot, is that we bring it to our internal stakeholders. Everybody from top to bottom in your organization has to, you know, we all know how this is. Everybody's a salesperson and nobody's a salesperson, right? Nobody wants to admit they're a salesperson, but everybody within your organization has the opportunity to serve your clients. And so we take this and this really gives you a tool to give to everyone on who you are, what you do, why you do it better. Yeah, I think that's a great point that you made, Julie, and it goes back to what we were just saying that it's one thing for the owner to understand. I know that I could have this conversation with owners of company. They'll be like, yeah, 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 I, I know what we do. I know who we are. I know who we serve. And I know why no, we do it better. But do you have this written down? And do you, all of your employees know that? And could they repeat those things back to you? And could they repeat those things back to your customers? And I think it's really important, like you said, Julie, is to say, is for everybody to be able to repeat the same thing and to be on the same page, pun intended, that this is a one-page document that everybody should be able to repeat. One of the key things we saw when we were uh, developing this, and really it's from our from manufacturer's perspective, at the heart of developing your brand strategy is for the first time, whether your company's been around for six months or 60 years, this type of an exercise forces you to sit down for the first time and tell the story of your company. What is your heritage? What are your your core values? What are the things that have carried forward either from the last six months or over the last 60 years that still matter today? And that's the stuff that resonates in the minds and in the hearts of your, from your press operators to your field salespeople to your, the executives. It doesn't matter how big your company is. That's the part where when the people within your organization read that, they look at it and go, yep, that's where I work. There is this sense of pride. If you get it right, they see themselves in there. You're right. It, it's beyond just the writing it down. It's like, forget about the the quality is important and the and, the, and the, the innovation and those types of things. But this is really the the personality of your business starting to come out. And, and what does that mean? That's probably a painful process to get everybody on board with it. I'm thinking about my company and like, oh my God, it's like, you know, you got to educate everybody in your business on what you're all about. Well, here's the thing. It's not a vote. It's not a democracy. You know, in your case, you know, Jim and, J- and Jason, your company's you guys have lived the heritage. Yes, we you know, have. you know it. What you really are, are you're the scribes. You're the ones that have lived it and says, no, this is what happened. This is the way it was. So part of it is branding and marketing is as much an internal exercise as it is external. 
when we went through a branding exercise 15 years ago, we got a bigger pop internally because people were like, wow, we're part of this? Because nobody had communicated anything about what the company was doing and how we were doing it. You know, we had a, participated in a, uh, a webinar the other day, and I had people from all our locations around the world sitting in on it, and I'm getting emails from our people. They're jacked, That's you know, cool. about That's this great. thing because they're, they're proud of it. Yeah. But that comes from what's in that snapshot. This podcast exists to improve the manufacturing industry. We want to hear from you, the owners, managers, leaders, and engineers from the metalworking nation. What ideas do you want to share, and what keeps you up at night? We want you to take something away from this podcast that you can use to improve your company, your team, and yourself. So let us know what you want to hear, and we'll see you next time on Making Chips. I want a little structure in my podcast. So let's go. Let's do this. Let's get this done. The okay, pizza's going to be totally here. Okay, totally yeah. yeah. Just point. Yeah, I'll, I'll know what yeah, direction totally. to go oh into. God, I yeah. put my phone okay, ready? Down. Let's go. Okay, really important. I don't need the headphones. Julie, really important. Focus. You need to be like kissing the mic when you when you want to talk into. Where have I heard so, that before? So don't the two of you try to kiss the mic at the same time? Okay. Oh God. <laughs> Gotta kiss the mic. You're so pretty. I like. <laughs> don't, don't try to talk from over there. I'm like.